One nil to Australia to start the match in the ninth minute, if you will. France looking oof. They did this shump job looking oof. And uh, it would take just under 30 minutes for them to get on the score sheet, courtesy of Adrian Rabio. A lot of headed goals today. Rabio will open the scoring. I think Ronnie might have called that, saying uh, in our group preview, hoping that uh, Rabio would have a good tournament. And he's starting off pretty well with a goal to his name. That would even things up at 1 1. And Olivier Giroud would uh, score a brace here, tying Thierry Henry's uh, record for World Cup goals for France. That's quite the achievement. Uh, Olivier Giroud being, uh, I guess, a steady hero for France when everybody's injured and this, that, and the third. Uh, staying healthy and scoring goals and having quite the output. Obviously, we we see the record that he just tied of Thierry Henry, probably the greatest French footballer um, alongside Zinedine Zidane and, and others, if you will. But, yeah, all of a sudden, France are on top and Australia's looking at it like, well, I guess we could have seen this coming, right? Uh, that is absolutely right because France will put two more on the table at the end of the match. 4-1 uh, the final score again, as I said. And the score sheet did not reflect the match over the course of 90 minutes. But uh, that France attack, man, is kind of scary. 23 shots total uh, on the day. And I'm not sure what happened more. Uh, France chances on target or uh, or just chances overall. Or Australia in the post because that was also another thing that I guess was worth mentioning, right? Australia didn't have chances. They did a catch Hugo Lloris lacking a couple of times outside of the goal that they scored. But they just kept hitting the post. And you got to you gotta eat those chances you get against the French because you won't get them often. That's a fact. Neither here nor there. Um, a good start for France. Obviously, uh, uh, as uh, BTZ7, my man, says 23 shots against Australia. That's a fact. I don't know what happened more. I mean, uh, it was chance on chance on chance for France, really. Mbappe getting in and skying a shot. A beautiful cross outside the foot from Griezmann. And a chance uh, late in the second half, or midway through the second half, which he skied, he sent to heaven. Olivier Giroud with a bicycle kick. You try and look too hard for that record, my boy. If it would have went in, that would have said something else. But uh, yeah, France just with chances, and they kind of ate them. They could have scored six on the day. They could have scored seven on the day, as we've got the gentrified Gunner entering the chat. Um, but I agree, absolutely, BTZX7. They did dominate the second half. They showed, uh, they showed folks who France is. And Australia kind of had to deal with that. They did have to deal with that. And you saw that in the second half, obviously. Uh, two goals in, in quick succession at that. Mbappe getting the goal. Giroud obviously getting the goal. Really, France's hero. I mean, I don't know what else to be said. Mbappe is taking, taking the stardom. And I know they had a little bit of a funny beef, allegedly. allegedly. But Olivier Giroud been a consistent man. He's been very consistent for France, doing what they need, although he hasn't scored. I believe he didn't score all 2018 World Cup. Neither handle that. But uh, yeah, G Olivier Giroud is is uh, the man of the moment here. Obviously tying that record, like I said, and just getting it done, continuing to get it done for France. Everyone's like Benzema's gone. Can he play with uh, Mbappe? He can. I mean, it looks like he can. Uh, he's the kind of picture perfect professional forward that you need. Um, he don't look half bad uh, while doing it. So, uh, but yeah, Fr France kind of. Put Australia to the sword and showed them why they are defending champions in this opening match. Australia really can't catch a break. That's two opening matches in a row. Uh, in two consecutive World Cups, they had to deal with France. And, I mean, that, that's never fun. That's never fun. Um, and, uh, yep, BT Zek, absolutely, I agree. Uh, Henri just, you know, we know who he is. We know his caliber. We know his, his quality and what he's done. And for Giro to be able to continue to be consistent and, and you know hit that record is important it's very important and i feel like at moments he was trying a bit a bit hard 
he was guying some shots, sending them, you know, way out of Qatar. Um, but he got his two, and, and it was important. A lot of headed goals again. Uh, Rabiot with a headed goal, Mbappe with a headed goal. Uh, a lot of good crossing. They were really getting behind that Australian defense, if, they're, if that's what you want to call it. But again, 4-1 the final score. France opens up with three points and uh, kind of quieting down a lot of talk uh, of are they cursed, is, is it bad, yada, yada, yada. Um, defending champs um, until proven otherwise. Australia got some struggling uh, to do uh, in order to, to move on to the next group. Uh, and speaking of uh, the other teams in the group, um, we had some, uh, some nil-nil action today. It was a lot of nil-nils going on. Some folks call that bullshit, but some of the matches actually were pretty uh, entertaining. Uh, moving on to the second match in Group D, we had Denmark, a team who we can't say enough about. Everything that they've been through over the last year and some change. They're running the Euros, which kind of gave them some clout and some respect after uh, uh, Christian Eriksen's try, uh, as, uh, as Ronnie might, must have once said, his brush with death. Um, and absolutely agree, BT Zek, you, you hit it on the head. It is the beauty of football. Think about where they were uh, a year ago and the things that they were going through and uh, where they end up now. Um, a team that's earned some respect and deservedly so with you know a, a team that they put out last season in the Euro. And then you bring back Christian Eriksen, you got Hoybier, you got Kasper Dolberg, Simon Kier in defense, Andres Christensen, obviously Kasper Schmeichel. Um, you know, you add you add Christian Eriksen to a team like that, and you, you, it just makes them that much more of a threat. And to be fair, I mean Tunisia came into this match, I believe, defending stout. Uh, it looked like they came into they came into secure point, and if they would get lucky on uh, on the break or you know catch a goal some way somehow, they take that. But it was all Denmark, in my opinion, in, in this match. They just couldn't find the finishing product, which can be concerning in this World Cup when you need goals and you need points. Um, and I think all in all, Denmark will have to be disappointed with the result. Um, hit the post a couple of times, you know, things of that nature. But you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, Talbi, Morai, and Braun on uh, on, on uh, Tunisia really held things down. Uh, Abdi, uh, Drager, it was it was a it was an incredible performance of just being on the same page, um, holding it down, and defending stout against the Denmark team, a Danish team that can really get to it. And um, yeah, so big ups to Tunisia for that one. The way they set up, you gotta appreciate. I know the sport, we love goals and we love great passes and whatnot, but you gotta respect some stout defense, just like we saw with Costa Rica, for example, in the 2014 World Cup. Um, and Tunisia gave them that. Denmark could not break them down. They could not get away with a goal, even though they were trying and trying and trying. They brought on Mikkel Damsgaard, the young starlet of the Euros, um, and to no avail. Um, and uh, as BT Zek says, Ericsson's recovery from the Euros is amazing and shows how you can overcome something like that. I agree. You have to really clap to that and everything that he's been playing really good football. And when he's on his day, he's probably you know, one of the better attack mids or just midfielders in, in the game. He's got great vision. He's got great IQ and understanding of the game. And if you can unlock that on his day, he really can be a benefit. And, and I'm sure... Um, the Danish coach Casper Hulman can pull that out. He, he's he's a he's a guy you want to go to war for and things like that. And so I'm sure the Danish will have no problem moving forward in this group. Um, however, they will be unlucky to have not gotten all three points again, as I said, because Tunisia was really defending on that ass. So uh, credit to both teams; they walk away with a point, and that keeps this group alive. Unless your name is Australia, of course. Um, 
But yeah, final score again there in the second Group D match uh, is nil-nil. France currently in Group D sit up top uh, with Denmark and Tunisia sharing space in second and third with Australia. Man and boys, I'm telling you, first of all, they take their sweet time qualifying. Uh, and then when they do qualify, they end up in a group with France. The second opening match in a row they had to deal with France. Like, come on, man. That's not, a, that's not where you want to be in life. But neither here nor there. Um, and BTZ, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Because before then, obviously, we had another nil-nil match today. The second match in Group C. And we're working back to the big news, I'll be honest. We're taking our free time. We're not bearing the lead. We're working back to the big news. Um, but the second match... In Group C today between Mexico and Poland, two teams who really, really got to fight for that spot, um, or maybe they don't. After what happened uh, this morning, um, but all in all, I think this was a, a showdown of Poland, who continued to kind of disappoint in major tournaments, and uh, Guillermo Ochoa, the six hand, the six finger man. Come on, now. <laughs> you know, one hand, six fingers. Um, who continues to show out? He's thirty seven years of age, still reacting incredible reflexes incredible reaction time um the story of the day is poland Ooh, spencer with a little hot take two games two pack of ass <laughs> they really gave us a little ass sandwich in the middle of the day um however i think with mexico and lewandowski um it was the ochoa versus the lewandowski standoff the immovable object unstoppable force and Ochoa took the W there in that penalty kick. That was really that was really the moment of the match there. And I don't know, Lewandowski fam, he wears any other shirt but the Polish shirt. And he's the man. I don't know. He's not really been showing out in the international tournaments. That's my take for the day. Lewandowski, what is going on? Uh, the fuck is you doing? Um, but big ups to Guillermo Ochoa. Mexico, again, is a team. I think I've said this with Ronnie a couple times on the podcast. Uh, we don't believe in Mexico. I, me personally, I don't believe in Mexico. I don't believe that they will go far in this tournament. I don't believe they'll make it out of the group, even though Poland looks like some ass. They're really fighting to be, you know, who, who can be the most ass in this group. Um, but I don't believe in Mexico. I think the beef with Chicharito and Carlos Vela not wanting to play, like, how do you don't want to play in the World Cup? That really shows an issue structurally in, in, in the system and the team. They're not really taking advantage of the young talent that they have across the world. Uh, they're sticking with some bullshit lineups. Uh, they're playing, you know, not the best formations for them. I don't know. It's just not really doing it for me personally. I don't believe in Mexico. And the sad thing is, I don't know if I believe in Poland either. So we'll see. Maybe Saudi Arabia, after what they did today, will get to that, can take second place or maybe first in this group. As we got Vic, my man joined in. Good, good to see that name on there. Look, look at that. Long time no see. Um, but yeah, I mean, no love for Mexico in terms of the way they play. I don't believe in them. I'm not buying it. I'm out on Mexico. Uh, the only thing that I'm learning here is that I'm, I might also be out on Poland. So <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, that was that. As Spencer said it best, a two pack of ass uh, in the middle in the middle games uh, today. Uh, and then, you know, the, the beginning match of the day, 5 a.m. Eastern time, if you was watching uh, this morning. And then the last game were some, some action-packed games, some, some goals, some, you know, uh, some back and forth. And uh, without further ado, the match that turned the World Cup upside down on its head, uh, Argentina versus Saudi Arabia, 5 a.m. I mean, this was a match last night. I uh, was talking about food and blood in the water. We know some teams is food, fam. We know some teams is food. Uh, Qatar looking like food early. Uh, Ecuador looked at them like, wow, you guys 
<laughs> you couldn't fix this match if you tried. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, and Iran, same thing. England looked at them and said, fam, we, we, we came into this tournament to defend three at the back. And y'all giving us all this space to attack. And I'll be honest, I put Saudi Arabia right on there, right in that same grouping. I thought it was food. I thought Argentina, probably one of the more favorite teams in the, in the World Cup, would, would eat them up. Haven't lost a match in three years. That's right, three years. 36 straight unbeaten. They were trying to tie the Italian record or the Algerian record, depending on who you ask, right? But uh, yeah, man, Saudi Arabia had different plans uh, off the rip. Uh, you could con the, the conspiracy of match fixing also kind of popped up there. Uh, Messi did get a penalty to start the match with one million. Like, all right, business as usual. But I swear, when I was watching this match, aside from the fact that I was half asleep, um, the one thing that stood out to me was Argentina played with no hunger. They were kind of hesitant. They were just kept passing around the back. It was, uh, you know, it was Molina to Romero, Romero to Tagliafico, and then back. And then Papa Gomez would maybe get a forward pass, and then right back. And it just wouldn't go anywhere. Um, and throughout all that, Saudi Arabia is pressing. <laughs> they pressing like they got some somewhere to be. I don't know. I mean, it, it just kind of brings up the question of were they practicing conditioning? Were they did it favor them that they've been training since September? Uh, obviously, we know a lot of these players that play Argentina play in Europe and only just got away from um, their club, their clubs, uh, their respective clubs. And maybe that's a, it's a question of the cohesion. But, but we know Argentina for who they are, and they've been probably one of the best international sides over the last 15, 18 months. Um, but Saudi Arabia made them look like goofs. It wasn't like they, they uh, you know, just got lucky with these two goals. One of them, which was a banger, I believe. The second goal from uh, Alduasari, I believe, was a ba uh, was a banger. And um, yeah, it wasn't like they just got kind of got lucky. They were they were outplaying Argentina, and Argentina looked like they just didn't show up. I don't know. Uh, brings into question a lot of things, uh, alleged things, uh, match fixing maybe. I don't know. Uh, got some PEDs. Saudi using some PEDs because it didn't make no sense to me. Again, this was a match you last night. Look at the game lines. Put the put money on Argentina spread and go to bed and wake up expecting some money in your account. But uh, that wasn't the case today. That's not what happened at all. It was ridiculous. Um, and then obviously we talked about Tunisia's back line playing well and stopped defending against uh, the, uh, Denmark, but. The amount of times Argentina got caught up on the offside trap, I think you just felt it in the crowd after a certain point. Argentina would get away on goal, and they already knew what time it was. You, you know he was offside. <laughs> Go back. Try it again. So uh, all credit is due to, to Saudi Arabia, all jokes aside. Um, they saw Middle Eastern teams getting smoked in the first two days and said, we're not, we're not going to beat that. Uh, to the point where I forget which player it was, but he, a player... Ran up to Messi and kind of yelled at him like, "Yo, you ain't got this. Like, this is you know we're cooking y'all today. That's what he. That's that's what happened. So, and he's not lying. Uh, Ass whooping express. Uh, outplayed Argentina. Outplayed. You haven't been able to say that over the last three years because they haven't lost since 2019. As as a Yuzu Jalapeno says, "Hi, great analysis. Thank you for that one. Um, I couldn't have said that better myself." And uh, my man Spencer at the data desk from home hit me with the Messi needed more help. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he did. But they were just getting cooked. It was Lautaro, um, I think, played a decent match. But he was sending shots to heaven when he, when he did get a chance. And when he didn't um, send it to heaven, he was offsides. Um, and I don't know if that was more Saudi Arabia or that, if that was more Argentina. Um, 
all in all, a result that you could never see coming. Um, I think they were 125 to 1 odds after they went down 1 0 when Messi scored that penalty. And they, woof, duh, got the dub against literally the second odds on favorite team in the tournament. Um, probably the the most rated team in the tournament, I think. And that's not saying, that's not a hot take. Um, do Argentina or do Saudi Arabia still get out the group? Because, I mean, I think you got to be asking Argentina because nobody thought. Saudi Arabia was going to make a splash. I was about to call him food yesterday. I think Argentina still gets out of the group. It's just going to be a little bit more annoying now. They got to get, you know, three points in their next two matches. Um, but they also did get some help with Denmark and um, with Denmark and Tunisia kind of, you know, battling each other to a little one point, a little draw. So that makes things a bit easier for them. They're not all the way out of the mud. It's not two teams with three points. They only got to worry about the one team, <laughs> Saudi Arabia, with the one point. So, you know, it's a little... it's, it's it's an interesting situation to turn the World Cup on his head. I'm sure a lot of people lost money uh, betting on Argentina today. Uh, Saudi Arabia went ahead and took that. Um, but yeah, I think Argentina definitely still get out the group. The real question, I think, is do Mexico... Uh, I'm thinking about Mexico. Hold on. Uh, did I say uh, Tunisia and Denmark? No, that's not what I meant. Um, I meant. Mexico and Poland are in the same area. Yeah, Mexico. Mexico and Poland, I mean, the same thing applies. They really helped out Argentina with the uh, with the draw there. So they only really have to worry about the one team being Saudi Arabia. But, yeah, I think the question still stands, what I was trying to say before, that uh, hiccup there. I think Argentina don't have to worry about getting out the group. I think Mexico and Poland have to worry about not being the shittiest team in the group. I think they need to watch out. If Saudi Arabia played the way they played against Argentina, yeesh. We got some issues. I mean, Poland might have some issues. Mexico may have some issues. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think Argentina, good money still. They're not going to play like this, I think, for a second consecutive match. And if they do, then uh, match fixing. As a... Yep, Yasmina with the Poland flag. There you go. They played today. That's a fact. Uh, I didn't know you was a Lewandowski fan. Matter of fact, you look like kind of a Lewandowski fan, I'll be honest. Um, neither here nor there. But either way... Um, Group C, it, it pans, out, pans out in that way with Saudi Arabia in first place. Goodness. Look at that. The Uma got one there. Um, and Mexico and Poland sharing the spoils, one point each. And then Argentina in last place. Who would have thought that that'd be the case after match day one in Group C? Not me. Uh, a lot of madness going on. A lot of good games going on. And then one last point for me uh, before I sign off here is that, well, one, I love my wife. And two... Um, the amount of stoppage time in these matches has been unbelievable. We got 10 minutes of stoppage time and 11 minutes of stoppage time. What happened to the old six, five minutes? Like, it ain't really been like, I've never seen that before. So I don't know what, what they're using to judge their stoppage times and whatnot. But here we are. I mean, that might be BS of the day for me and my, and Otis too. Otis, you don't like that? You think that's BS of the day? I think so. Yeah, I think he thinks that. Spencer saying, I love it. I think, I'll put it to you like this, right? If I'm a team, if I'm a team that's up 1-0, and then I see 11 minutes stoppage time on it, I'm sick to my stomach, <laughs> right? But if I'm a team that's behind, if I'm Wales yesterday, and I see, I see, you know, 9, 10 minutes stoppage time, I'm in there, you know, it feels good. But at the end of the day, it gives us more football, but them folks be looking tired, uh, which is why extra time be bullshit for the most part. 
Um, but yeah, they really throwing that stoppage time in there. They're giving us a lot of stoppage time. A lot of, you know, I don't know who's doing that, who thought of that, who came up with that. And then, um, as a matter of fact, I got one one last point as well. The, um, oh, hold on. This is a good question I could sign up with. Let's see. Does the World Cup trophy look? Yep. That's a, that's a question I'm going to go ahead and pose to y'all that you guys can just ponder over and think about. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's been something that's been kind of plaguing my mind uh, the last couple of days. I don't know. Maybe I'm bugging. Is what it is. A lot of stoppage time, as I said. Uh, <laughs> as usual, Jalapeno says, it, it does not look bad. It looks like an ice cream cone. Okay. Uh, carrying on. And then finally, the last point. I don't know what they're doing with the VAR reviews, the offside uh, calls. We're not really getting much from FIFA in terms of evidence. Like, we're just getting, it, it takes a long time for them to show us the, the, the offsides, uh, I guess, the lines or the, or the photo or whatever the case may be. That's not really helping, um, it's not really helping, uh, I guess, the case of the alleged calls for Max Fishing. Max Fishing? Max Fishing? Wow match fixing i should say it doesn't really help the case for match fixing and things of that nature but nonetheless we here we're watching we're being entertained and the world cup carries on tomorrow we got some matches don't we um some heavy hitters Ooh, an interesting group group f and group e will kick off tomorrow uh 5 a.m match who's gonna be up for that not yasmina i could tell she's gonna be asleep usual jalapeno looks like she's gonna be asleep as well maybe i can count on spencer who knows uh, 5 a.m. match tomorrow in Eastern Standard Time, at least. Morocco versus Croatia. Woo! That's a match right there. Um, Group E uh, will follow that, opening up with Germany and Japan. That's a hell of a match as well. Germany with a lot of questions to be answered. I don't know if, um, I don't know, as Trudy says, she'll be up. But Germany got a lot of explaining to do, a lot of proving to do, as my man Alejandro has just jumped in. Um, and we've had that conversation as well. They got some explaining to do. We'll see how they do against Japan. As Yasmina says, Germany got that. You're going to be asleep anyways. Um, followed by, speaking of Alejandro just jumping in, uh, Spain kicking off uh, his, his beloved Spain against Costa Rica. And we'll see what that looks like. So again, Group E, a very interesting group. And then the final Group F match will cap off the day with Belgium and Canada. Huh? I don't know how we feel about that, but an interesting match. Definitely a lot of explaining to do, Trudy. Um, Belgium, their last their last run with their with their dream team, if you will, their golden generation. Who knows? We'll see. Canada, uh, as Boyan once said in the uh, World Cup group preview, eloquently, uh, a football revolution in that in that state in that country. State, look at that. What am I doing? Should have read a book. In that country, a football revolution, and um, we'll see how they fare against Belgium, one of the teams that are normally heavily favored in this tournament, um, and. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how they, how, they, how they fare against Belgium. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff tomorrow. Four matches, tune in, y'all. And then after the fact, of course, we will be live and direct to react and talk about that. Again, uh, That aim your direction uh, and your attention to that question down bottom. Does the World Cup trophy look phallic? I don't know. It's been kind of, I've been seeing it. And maybe it's just me, neither here nor there. Uh, y'all can think about that tonight as y'all, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> do you love sports more than okay look at that all right that sounds like it's time to go um anywho 
This has been the Football Misfits live and direct. The third day will be on for the rest of the World Cup. That gives us around a month of coverage. So y'all got plenty of time to interact with us. And if you have any thoughts and suggestions, if you want to hop on the live, you more than welcome. Uh, just drop a comment. We appreciate everybody in the live as showing some love or talking shit. We love that. Um, and that being said, I have been LB, a.k.a. Paper Fronto, uh, a.k.a. a whole lot of other a.k.a.s. And we will see y'all tomorrow.